That's actually also presenting an opportunity for smaller owner and operators like ourselves in comparison to some of those larger institutional groups because our fee structures are a little bit more palatable for those investors that are exiting there. So it's creating an opportunity not only from the asset standpoint, but also for the investors. Let's get ready to scale. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm Jeanette Robinson here with our CEO, Ellie Perlman, as you all should know. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeanette. Great to be here. So Ellie, we are moving into 2023 and there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement and a lot of concern, um, you know, kind of all the way across the board here. So I wanted to talk today about the main challenges and opportunities that are in the market right here right now. So what would you say, I, I'm going to assume we're going to talk about the elephant in the room first, the debt, right? Debt is a tremendous factor. So when you know, you're know you looking at debt as an owner and an operator in today's market, what are your thoughts about that? And how do you see opportunity in the face of debt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not so much the elephant in a room because everyone is basically <laughs> talking about, you know, the debt. That's one of the main challenges um, right now uh, because LTVs, loan to values, have gone down significantly. So in the past, um, we, you know, operators, real estate owners, specifically for multifamily, could have found deals that um, we we could have basically. Um, financed at 75 to 80 percent LTV. 80 is not so conservative. So, you know, 75, 72 percent was pretty standard. Today, it's very hard to find those deals um, because the, you know, lenders are being very conservative and very careful because interest rates um, have gone up. So, when lenders are looking at an asset, they're looking at the cash flow or at NOI, and they anticipate, they basically calculate what would be the debt service, the amount of um, debt payments every month, every year, every quarter, and they need to maintain a certain DSCR, debt to coverage ratio, um, could be 1.4, could be 1.5, um, I know it can be 1.25. Basically, when lenders um, have a certain, uh, you know, DSCR and it has gone up, I remember days when DSCR was 1.2 and now it's closer to 1.4, 1.5, 1.6 sometimes. That means that the you need a lot more cash flow to get higher, sell pro, uh, higher loan proceeds. And so um, what happens is that LTVs have gone down We've seen LTVs at 47%, 50, maybe 60%. It's it's climbing back up, but it's a significant, a significant drop. And what it means for investors is that we basically need to raise more money, more equity is needed to close the deal, which puts more pressure on yields. And so the main challenge for 2023 is to manage the debt. Uh, because of the low LTVs and the higher interest rates. Um, and having said that, you know, I think the way to overcome it is um, it, when it comes to interest rates is to stick to um, fixed rate and not fluctuating interest rates. So whatever is happening with the feds trying to push, you know, rates even further, it's not going to impact your property as much. 
Uh, when it comes to the LTVs, just focus on the higher yields, you know, maybe not the prettiest uh, asset in the block, but um, a, an asset that can yield enough income um, that, you know, LTV is not going to be restricted to, you know, 50%. It's going to be very, very hard. I'm not saying that every deal, that no deal is going to work if it's 50% LTV, but it's going to make it harder. Um, and so that's how you can overcome those challenges. Another challenge is that, um, this is the second one, is that vacancy across the board in the US in, with multifamilies, vacancy rates are on the rise. And the reason is that um, now that many, many cities um, have you know, removed their protection um, you know, of, um, of um, eviction due to COVID, then more, um, you know, more tenants are being evicted. However, you need to understand that there's a difference between physical occupancy and economic occupancy. So physical occupancy, you know, you have 100 units, five of them are vacant, you're at 95% occupancy or 5% vacancy. When it comes to economic vacancy, the question is how many of those hundred doors are actually paying? So if if you go back to the you know um, the example of a hundred units, five are occupied are vacant, ninety five units are occupied, but out of the ninety five occupied units, five tenants have stopped paying you. You are technically at a ninety percent economic occupancy because only 90% of the doors, of total doors are paying. And so sometimes higher occupancy, uh, sorry, higher vacancy doesn't necessarily mean that the cash flow or the NOI, well, NOI will be down because of the uh, vacancy, but the cash flow is not because those doors were not paying you to begin with. But this is something that we see, which the, you know, the, the um, I would say the, positive thing of that is right now vacancies on the rise but new tenants are coming in and these are tenants that don't have um any eviction in their you know in their credit history or you know um in the background search and these tenants are going to pay rents so this is a i say it's a short to midterm pain that does not necessarily impact cash flow and that would it's improving and will get will be you know better because we're replacing those tenants with better pain with better tenants that can actually pay and that's across the board i'm talking about us as multifamily owners and operators um i do have to yeah. say though that i think that that's where location also comes yes. in as being, you know, a very strategic tool, yeah. um, you know, for example, in the Sunbelt market where we like to focus, you know, the migration into that area still continues to be really strong. And I think that's why it's very important to take into consideration, you know, the power of location, yeah. uh, because you want to make sure that we were still having assets in an area that's still in high demand and the demand continues to move into that area and to push into that area to, you know, essentially make up for those tenants that we're having to exit. So I think that's, you know, one of the things too, that's very important for all investors to take into consideration is, you know, is that area continuing to grow? Are those markets continuing to grow? Something very important to keep thinking about moving into 2023. Absolutely. Um, 
I would just add to that that besides the submarket um, demand, the demand drivers, it's also important to understand the tenant base and for that specific property because if it's the oldest, you know, property in the block in a very strong area, um, maybe household income is you know very low and they're not going to be able to cope with the increase in. Um, uh, cost of living. And so you're going to have a lot more economic vacancy issues. And so that's very important. More than ever, you want to not only bet on location, but on the tenant base. If the tenant base is strong, if they're, for instance, um, in medical, in the medical field or IT or whatever that is, um, and they care about their credit score, they're not going to just disappear in the middle of the night without paying, you know, and they take good care of your asset. They uh, have pride it's not pride of ownership they don't own, but they have pride of um, tenantship, I would yeah, call they have it. pride in their home. It's their home yes. regardless of if they own it or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the type of tenants you want to uh, to have at your property. And so that even, you know, more than location, I think that that's, you know, even more important. Um, and so the third challenge today is that materials um, for CapEx projects, it's still... Um, still more expensive than they used to be, you know, two, three years ago. Um, now, the 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 flip side is that we've seen um, a little bit of an improvement with supply chain, you know, issues because we have fewer projects that are being carried right now and, and being executed. So the lead time is not as, you know, long as it used to be. But, you know, with inflation and with so higher demand compared to years ago, materials for CapEx are still more expensive. And so when underwriting new deals, very important that as a sponsor and for you as an investor to understand that the sponsor have uh, has underwritten the deal with um, updated, you know, numbers. Um, so th- this is basically the three, you know, challenges um, right now in the market. All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the opportunities that are in the market right now, because there are opportunities as a um, a buyer in the market, I can definitely say that one of the best things that are happening right now is that there are actually fewer buyers mm-hmm. because um, a lot of groups uh, and family offices are basically sitting on the sidelines and that presents um, more opportunities because um, you can actually, you have a decent chance of getting a deal done you don't have to overbid or bid against yourself to win a deal because it's very clear that um you know the assets that you're looking at you're not competing with 10 12 other groups it can be you and two other groups maybe five other groups um and it's pretty clear that right now surety of closing is the thing that is going to make the deal make make basically the seller select you as a buyer on not necessarily the highest bid and that's a a really big opportunity, you know, right now. Um, it definitely is. Yeah. I think another thing to, to take into consideration also is that one of the reasons there's not as much competition is because the reality is, is that some groups are too small to qualify for lenders' terms. Yeah. They're not able to raise the equity that's needed with lower LTVs. They don't have the track record to secure the yeah. type of financing, uh, which I also think provides a greater protection for investors in the market today. Yep, absolutely. So this is definitely, you know, we still see a lot of frogs. It's not like every deal is a great deal. Um, but because there are fewer, uh, you know, buyers, we get a lot of off-market deals 
because some sellers don't want to take the chance of going through the entire process and market the deal takes about six months just to find out that they cannot sell at the price that they want or need in order to exit. So basically, they go to brokers, they ask them, hey, give it to your best five, six you know, groups. And we get a lot of phone calls and emails from brokers that basically ask that we look at deals um, that are off market. And we know, and I always ask how many groups, you know, are included in this. And usually it's us and a couple more. And that's really, you know, where the opportunity, you know, is. And so the third, basically um, point that I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, one of the biggest opportunities right now is actually assets that are underwater. So there are some assets where um, sponsors have, you know, misallocated, you know, basically um, not did not raise enough money to cover for all the capital projects, you know, thinking, hey, we are probably going to exit in 18 months or 24 months. And now it's hard for them to exit. So they don't have enough money to complete the CapEx projects. This is, that could be an opportunity. And we see more and more of those deals. Uh, we also see assets that are distressed because the debt um, puts a lot of pressure on cash flow. Um, as interest rates, you know, increase, they can increase from, you know, 2.5% to 5%. So almost double within, you know, four or five months. And that eats most of the cash flow, some of the cash flow. And so we are being approached by sponsors that, um, basically are asking if we want to come in and take the GP um, and basically infuse capital into those deals. And so, uh, again, there's a lot of frogs out there, not every deal. Most deals actually don't work, but we do see some, you know, we see more opportunities of assets that are in great markets, um, strong demographics, strong demand drivers, but just the debt uh, was too aggressive. And so the assets um, are under a lot of pressure. And so this is another opportunity that presents itself, you know, kind of over and over, you know, today. Uh, so that's another uh, part of, you know, another opportunity that we see uh, in the market. And, you know, the last point um, that I wanted to make about opportunities in the market right now, and we're recording it, it's, you know, January, 2023, um, there's some, you know, big um, operators, big REITs out there that actually need to uh, liquidate and sell assets, um, not because the assets are not performing, but because their investors want to liquidate and leave uh, the deals. And so that presents a huge opportunity because you, you know, as a sponsor, you have the opportunity to buy another institutional level asset or assets from a really strong operator that is forced to sell because they just need liquidity and it's got nothing to do with the assets, with the submarket and everything to do with investors' trust and sentiment and so, and their appetite, you know, uh, for risk. And so I think this is an, an amazing opportunity also because they need to liquidate and do it quickly. And so we see cap rates that jump from, you know, 2.9%, 2.7% all the way to four and a half, 4.7 in strong markets like Texas, you know, like Arizona. And so this is very, very uh, exciting for us because this is where the opportunity is. 
Um, and so, you know, between the fact that there are fewer buyers competing for, for deals, um, there are assets that are underwater that need rescue capital, and also that you have big funds that are liquidating, um, there's opportunities all around us. And as long as you stay consistent and uh, disciplined and still underwrite conservatively, you can seize those opportunities and they're pretty much everywhere. Definitely. I think what's also really interesting to touch on from a, you know an investor standpoint is that a lot of these investors that are liquidating uh, you know these these larger groups, which will remain unnamed, of course, um, you know these investors because of economic conditions, they're liquidating because they want to uh, you know secure their funds. But second to that, they're also being more cautious in who they're investing with and what fee structures look like and other components like that given the inflationary state of our economy. Right. So that's actually also presenting an opportunity for smaller owner and operators like ourselves in comparison to some of those larger institutional groups because our fee structures are a little bit more palatable for those investors that are exiting there. So it's creating an opportunity not only from the asset standpoint, but also for uh, for the investors and where they're looking to recapitalize uh, you know, their investments. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, guys, there's... There's challenges and pain, you know, um, in today's market, but there's also, you know, pretty big opportunities. And um, I think if you're not, if you're not motivated by fear, but if you let the numbers talk and numbers always talk, uh, then you can pretty much reach out and find those great assets, great opportunities. And now it's a time to actually, you know, make the move and buy smart stay disciplined, but still make sure that you're, uh, you know, getting uh, great deals and their opportunities all over the place. I think it's, it's also part of kind of a, the way of looking at life. You can see struggle and pain in ev every step of the way, or you can look at, you know, a specific situation and say, okay, what good can come can come out of it and you focus on the positive and the opportunity and it just you know it's how you see you know life I think in general if you look at the most successful people in the world especially in real estate they were always great at seizing opportunities and jumping at it where you know others were more hesitant and and were motivated by fear so that's it I think the uh you know it's it's very appropriate when I I um, when I close the episode, I would say, be bold, be great, keep moving forward. It's exactly what it's, what it, this was about. Be bold. Don't be meaning, don't be motivated by fear, um, and do great things. Uh, and, you know, keep pushing forward because there's challenges, you know, everywhere. If you choose to focus on challenges and there are opportunities as well. So it really depends on how you look at things, investment life, you know, uh, generally speaking. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if uh, you would like to invest with us uh, and connect with Jeanette, our director of investor relations, you can reach out to us. Uh, basically, send us an email to info at bullet-capital.com or just um, go to our website uh, and, you know, you can leave your information there. It'd be Google dash capital.com you can find us uh it was great being here thank you for hosting me <laughs> Jeanette um and until the next episode guys you know what I always say be bold be great keep pushing forward and I'll see you on the next episode bye guys
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.